Psalm 139. For the director of music of David, a psalm. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, that they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord? And abhor those who are in rebellion against you. I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Amen. Well, let's pray as we look at this psalm together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that, as this psalm says, you know us. You, your thoughts are more numerous than, than the, the um, grains of sand. Your understanding of us is complete, far more than our understanding of ourselves. And so we pray, Lord, that you will be our teacher this morning that we'll see more of who you are, more of how much you love us, more of how close you are to us, and that in response, our hearts will be full of, of a, a running towards you, of a love for you, and an openness to you. Build our relationship, we pray, Father, this morning. And we pray that for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Well, we're going to start with a health check, a sort of spiritual health check question, and it is the following. How is your spiritual intimacy this morning? don't suppose you get asked that question very often, uh, but how is your spiritual intimacy going? According to the dictionary, uh, intimacy is close familiarity or friendship uh, with, with someone. Would that describe your relationship with God? Close familiarity, friendship with, with God. Intimacy involves closeness, openness, and vulnerability. Are you and God on that sort of familiar terms? Are you sharing your thoughts with him, your dreams, your emotions, your longings? Are you and God on intimate terms? Well, King David has uh, this remarkable intimacy with God. We see that all the way through uh, the the history of of Israel and his his actions. And we see that in this psalm, this psalm of, of David. And we're going to look at how the psalm describes God's closeness to us. But also we're going to ask the question, how can we have that? How can we have that closeness that David experienced for ourselves? And we're going to start by looking at the anatomy of intimacy. And I have four points. And uh, very usefully, the psalm is split into four sections. So uh, each six verses is basically a, a section of, of thought. And we're going to go through those uh, one by one. So the first anatomy of intimacy is transparency. When uh, Charlotte, uh, my eldest daughter, was a little baby, um, she had a, a few books in, in her, uh, the nursery. And uh, a friend of mine uh, came to, to visit and to meet Charlotte for the first time. And he picked up uh, one of the, the little books and starts to read it. And uh, it, it, uh, it basically, he read it like this. God knows uh, when I'm, I'm playing. God knows uh, when I'm, I'm happy. God knows uh, when I'm, I'm sad. Of course, uh, that was, I was re- really um, sort of, Say no, 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 you, you can't read it like that. Because, of course, the whole point of the book was God knows when you're happy. God knows when, when you're, you're sad. It's, it's not a sort of a negative, but an incredible truth that we, we see in the psalm. God knows. He understands. He has that, that intimacy with us. Of, of understanding. And all the way through the psalm, this word, know. And what does God know? Well, he knows our, our movements. So uh, verse 2, you know when I sit and when I rise. He knows our thoughts. You perceive, verse 2, my thoughts from afar. He knows our work. You discern my going out and my lying down. So God isn't just uh, God when we say our prayers in the morning. God goes with us to work. He goes with us through the activities of of the day. And our lifestyle, you are familiar with all my ways. The way that we think, the way that we treat people, our attitudes, our our worldview. God is understanding of all of that and our words. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. 
No wonder, uh, David says in, in verse 6, such knowledge is too wonderful for, for me. It's, it's more than I can even imagine. It's so amazing. Too lofty for me to attain. Our intimacy with God is based on his intimate knowledge of our lives. Our hopes, our dreams, our concerns are known in detail by the Lord God of the universe. It's an incredible truth, isn't it? I mean, it may sound uh, very straightforward to, to, to you, but as, as, as David says, it is actually too incredible too lofty to, to even imagine uh, what that means. And so what? Well, when we approach God, we experience the amazing reality that we're n- not alone. We're not misunderstood by, by God. We're not working at a, a job for no purpose. No, God, God is with us as, as we work day by, by day. He's in us in that, that difficult meeting. He understands. And he, he cares. God is is present. So that's the first anatomy of intimacy. It involves transparency before God. And second, proximity. Very important in in intimacy. One of the wonders of modern science, uh, I think for for me, is FaceTime. And uh, particularly with uh, my grandchildren who are are based in Cardiff, so quite a long way from, uh, from me. But with FaceTime, I can be with them. Like on Friday uh, evening, I was with them as they had their tea and they, they ate their rice pudding. And uh, my daughter deliberately uh, FaceTimed so I could enjoy them eating rice pudding uh, with, with their grandfather. And I'm with them on the swings in, in the park. I'm with them when they, they go to the zoo and, and see uh, animals. I'm, I'm with them when they're playing with their, their dolls and their toys. It's an incredible thing that we can be uh, with other people. But that's just by video. But God says, I am there. To to quote Hamilton, he's in the room when it happens. An incredible truth, isn't it? Let's look at verse verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? And he lists all sorts of places where where God is. In the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. So heavens and depths. That's basically saying everywhere, every location. And then from east to to west. So if I, uh, on the wings of the dawn, uh, dawn is in the east, till I settle on the far side of the sea. David's obviously a Californian and the sea was to the west of of him. Uh, But uh, that is looking at from east from the rising to the farthest place, to the setting. And then uh, he, he goes on to, from the heavens and the depths uh, and the dawn to the darkness, even the darkness. Surely, verse 11, the darkness will hide me. I can wrap that, that around me. But no, the darkness isn't even uh, dark, dark to, to, to God. When the world closes in, when everything seems dark and terrifying, then God is still there with us. One of my favorite hymns is uh, uh, a hymn that uh, uh, there is a hope 
that uh, passes every fear. And there's a, a phrase in, in the, the hymn uh, that says, when life throws me in the darkest pit, I see my Savior there. I love that. You know, we're in the darkest pit. Jesus is with us. And that is reality, David says. It's not just some sort of fluffy concept. No, we can cry out to, to him. I was reading an article in the, the paper uh, yesterday uh, about a, a wife whose uh, husband had a, uh, a very severe brain injury and completely changed character and became very, um, just really, really uh, difficult and hostile. And uh, she, she used this, this phrase that uh, when the children were younger and this had happened, she would go into the shower, turn the shower on, and scream because nobody could hear her. But of course, the Lord can hear her. And that's the, the amazing truth. Even in our screams, God is, is there. God is present with us. God gets it. He understands our, our thoughts, and he is with us. Thirdly, we can know dependency. Intimacy comes from depending on the other person, living life uh, with them. For the last 18 months, I've been writing a book, and uh, uh, it's very, very exciting. And uh, um, most days for the last 18 months since lockdown happened, I've been spending time interviewing people, researching, writing, creating diagrams, creating layouts, changing my mind, rewriting, having another idea, rewriting, and so on, and so on, and so on. I know my book intimately. I know every paragraph. If you gave me a paragraph out of context, I could tell you where it fits, I could tell you how many times it's changed uh, over the last 18 months. I know it more intimately than anyone else on the planet. And it probably will always know it more intimately than anyone else on, on the planet. Why? Because I created it. I know the thoughts behind it. I know the mindset infused within it. And that's how God knows us. We're not just an open book to, to, to God. We're a story that he's written. That's the, the amazing truth that we, we hear uh, in this psalm. That God knit us together. God shows the, the ways for us to, to live. He puts paths uh, before us. God knows us. So what has God done in making us? Well, three descriptions. Verse 13 says he created us, created my inmost being. And then verse 13 goes on to say, you knit me together. So what does that creating mean? Just sort of flicking his fingers? No, it's an intimate thing, isn't it, knitting? I've never done knitting, but I've watched people knit. And you have to concentrate, don't you? And you put the threads together. I have no idea what you do. Uh, but uh, somehow you, you put it together and the individual threads or whatever they're called uh, form this, this garment, don't they? Form something that is complete. And then woven in, in verse 15, 
woven together. These are intimate words of, of understanding, of God being there, part of us being formed. And then what does God see? Well, verse 13 says, inmost being. Not just the surface me, not even just the, 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 the sort of statements that, that I make. No, he, he understands my heartbeat. He understands uh, my, my fears. My very inner, inner being is where God is involved. My unhidden frame, nothing hidden from him, verse 15. My unformed body, verse 16. Before anything else is, is that he, he knows the frame of me, the form of me. Again, these are incredible uh, concepts, but they're concepts that give us great hope. God understands fully. He was there in my mother's womb, in the secret place, in the depths of the earth, in my beginnings, in every part of, of me. And so what? Well, the so what is, is verse uh, 14. I praise you, therefore, because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. Literally, in, in the, the Hebrew, it says, uh, I am fearful and wonderful. That the word made isn't actually there in, in the Hebrew. Are you willing to, to say that? So God says, I made... Sarah, wonderful. I made Aaron wonderful. Fearfully and wonderfully made. I know that full well. And so what? Well, we matter to, to, to God. The, the word here uh, that's used um, is, is the word that's only ever used in the Bible for the spectacular acts of God in rescuing Israel uh, all the way through uh, Bible history. And basically, David is saying that the spectacular rescue, the spectacular actions of God are shown in every human being as well. It's the same God. It's the same grace. It's the same power. Uh, that is in, involved. There's an in, intimacy, therefore, of, of a God who made us and a God, therefore, that we can depend on, a God who understands, a God who cares about his creation, a God in whom we're made in his image. And the question is, will we come uh, close to him? God made us purposefully and wonderfully, and he made us for a life of abundance, but are we going to stand off from, from him? You know, rather than dependency, our mantra is independence, isn't it? You know, the Frank Sinatra sort of phrase, I did it my way. Or um, slightly more uh, recently, uh, Rachel Platten uh, sings this song. Uh, this is my fight song. Take back my life. I'm not going to sing it uh, for you. Uh, Prove I'm all right song. My power's turned on, starting right. Uh, now I'll be strong. I'll pay, play my fight song. And I don't really care if anyone, nobody else believes because I've still got a fight left in me. Uh, that's what, what she says. But that's, that's independence, isn't it? Written all over. But actually, what does someone spiritually intimate with God say? This is my dependency song. 
This is my song of, of coming to God with open hands and receiving. This is coming to a God who understands me, who has my interests at heart. Will we depend on him? Will we trust him that he loves us and cares about us? The anatomy intimacy involves transparency, proximity, dependency, and fourthly, vulnerability. One of the things that amazes me when I um, look at a, a crime drama on the TV that's set before 1987 is how they solved any crimes at all. Because in 1987, uh, as you may know, um, DNA testing um, was, was first used in solving a crime. But before that, you know, so sometimes I see a crime drama and I think, why don't you look at the CCTV? Or why don't you do a DNA test? And of course, the reason is that they didn't have that information. But actually, when you have that information, you can see the heart of the matter. You can see the culprit and, and the, the crime. And the final section of the, the psalm sort of switches perspective. And it shows how intimacy with God is intimacy with a holy God, a holy and pure and awesome God. And the final verses, therefore, put the light on the evil of, of the world. So verse 20, uh, for example, uh, says, they speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. He hates those who hate the Lord, who are rebelling against him. There's an honesty there about the evil of, of the, the world, the darkness. But then he goes on to say, and that includes me. He doesn't say, oh, I just I hate that out there, those problem people are over there. No. What, what does he say? In verse 23, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. And then verse 24, see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. David teaches us this vital lesson about intimacy, which is intimacy has to involve honesty about who we are. Honesty about our, our need, we're not going to have dependency unless we're honest about our need to, to depend and receive. We're not going to have transparency unless we're honest about what that person uh, thinks not actually being, being the, the truth. Well, God does know the truth, and yet sometimes we can try and hide from him, run away as Jonah did, and go in the opposite direction. But God is there. Are we going to be honest uh, with him? Because there's something in this psalm which is actually deeply troubling, uh, and, and that is that if God knows everything about us, then how can we possibly want to come uh, towards him? You know, uh, sometimes this psalm has been described as cosmic claustrophobia. Because, you know, it says, you hem me in. You, you are there. Whatever I do, you, you see it. But is it claustrophobia or is it divine delight to us? 
Well, the answer to that question depends entirely on the God that we're coming close to, who we think that, that God is. If we think God is, is angry and vindictive and out to get us, critical, judgmental, nasty and negative, then we'll run a million miles from, from him. But if we know a God who is slow to anger and abounding in love, then we'll come towards him with open arms and receive from him. Why are people distant from God? Well, because the God that they think they know is not the God of reality. They think God doesn't care about them or isn't on their side or won't forgive them for, for something they, they've, they've done, won't forget. They think God thinks in human terms, in worldly terms, about performance. But no. If God thought in performance terms, none of us could approach God. But God is the God of abundant forgiveness. And when we approach that God of forgiveness, then we can say, as David says, test me, examine me, see if there's any offensive way in me, knowing that God is the God who will forgive. Intimacy with God means understanding God is our Father, our Father who loves us, and also understanding God is our Saviour. Jesus, as he dies on the cross, he is naked. His, his body is, is exposed. All that he is is exposed. He's mocked and despised. And as he's dying, he takes the sin of the world. The cloud of darkness descends on him. He takes that sin, and it is visible to, to God the Father. Jesus dies for it, pays for it, in sight of the judge. That's an incredible truth, isn't it? Jesus takes that so that we don't have to stand before God full of, of sin and, and darkness. No, he takes that onto himself, absorbs it in his death, and he gives us the clothes of righteousness so that we can stand before God in those clothes. That is the incredible truth that, that David knew. He knew that just in part. We see that fully as we look to the cross. That should mean that we can rejoice as we approach God. I lo love the, the fact that um, there's a description in Revelation of, of heaven and uh, of the throne room of, of grace uh, where God dwells now. And uh, it describes this throne room of grace uh, being full of, of uh, you know, the seat of, of the, the, the judge, but then surrounded with, with grace. But then the throne room is described as having a glass floor. And this glass floor represents the fact that God can see through you know, he's not just sitting there aloof from, from people. No, God is present. So how can we come into that throne room? Well, by receiving righteousness, receiving forgiveness. If you uh, 
think, well, I'm just not close to, to, to God this morning. Well, is there something that you need to deal with in terms of uh, receiving forgiveness? Is there something that makes you fear looking God in, in the eye? Or maybe you've never really received that, that love from God, that, that new life of being his, his child. Jesus, uh, in, in Revelation 3, he, he says this, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. It's a picture, isn't it, of intimacy. There's nothing more intimate uh, than eating with someone in their home. And that's what Jesus says he will do for us. If you hear my voice, I will give you the gift of forgiveness, of new life as a child of God. And I'll eat with you, do life with you day by day. Intimacy has grown as we see God as our Father, Jesus as our Saviour, and the Holy Spirit as our Counsellor. God's Spirit, as David says, is with us. The striking element of this, this psalm is, is this aliveness of, of the relationship David has with, with God. And it's an aliveness based on encounter. I love uh, the encounter that Daniel has uh, in, in the Old Testament where uh, Daniel is frozen with fear about uh, the, the future. He can't even uh, pick himself up. And then the Lord comes to, to him and says, Daniel, stand up. You are highly esteemed. And I, I have to say, uh, there have been times in, in my life when I felt very uh, laid low and, and very bowed down. And... Just a few times, someone has come to me or, or just a, a voice has, has come to me and said, Andrew, I notice you. you know, and several times people have approached me and said, I, I've not met you before. But I think God wants to say, Andrew, I've noticed you. It's always the same phrase that people say. I need to hear that. We all need to hear that. This is about living encounter, not a theoretical uh, psalm about intimacy. God knows you. The question is, do you know him? Are you going to approach him and talk to him as your father who knows you, who understands? I uh, went to... Um, visit my dad uh, yesterday, my 91-year-old dad, and uh, we were chatting about this, this psalm. And he was saying how in, in his Bible readings uh, each day, he's been looking at uh, the prophet Samuel. And uh, he was saying how struck he was that uh, Samuel is described as someone, at the beginning of uh, the history of Samuel, as someone who did not know the Lord. Uh, and that said, that's very striking because Daniel was working in the temple at the time. And uh, Dad said, you know, it's so easy to be religious and even to be, you know, a worker in the temple and not know God. But then God speaks to, to, to uh, Samuel. And Samuel doesn't even hear it the first two times. And then the third time he says, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Uh, 
I think that's my prayer for, for us this, this morning. As we look at this psalm, is that we, we say, we come close to, to God. We come close to God and ask for his grace and forgiveness. We come close to, to God and ask for his, his understanding, for his insight into our lives. We come close to God and talk to him about our hopes and our fears. We come close to God and know him eating with us, doing life with us day by day. God is good. God knows us. God loves us. Are we going to come close to him? Let's pray to, to, together. And as Flo has uh, said already, there are people who would love to pray with you. And let's not uh, lose these next few moments. It's easy just to, to go on with our Sundays and our bank holiday weekends. But let's not leave this place until we've done business with God. You may be at the situation of thinking, I've never been close to God. This is all very theoretical. Well, all you need to do is to say, Lord, I'm listening. Lord, I come to you and ask for your forgiving grace. Or you may be someone who's been running away from, from God. Maybe there's something you need to sort out, ask for forgiveness for, and come to God and know renewal of your relationship with him. Or you may be struggling in a situation, uh, as, as David says, you, you may be in that, that place of, of anxiety and, and fear. You may just need to hear the Lord say, I understand, I'm with you. You can scream and shout. And I know those screams before they're even on your, your lips. Father, we pray that we'll know your love know your life, know your purposes, know your wisdom, know the embrace of, of you, our Father, through Jesus, your Son. Amen.